the word he says, surely the goodness and the mercy of God will follow me all the days of my life. I just picture that to mean like this, like this song. That the goodness of God is chasing after me, is following me, is running after me all the days of my life. And sometimes if you want to experience the goodness of God, all you'll have to do, stop running. Stop running. Maybe stand still for a moment. See, I don't know about you, but I find most of the time, all the time when, when I'm sitting here going, God, why won't you turn up? That usually it's because he's like, hey, Jesse, if you do this, I'll do this. And I'm like, sounds good, but. And then I'm over here and I'm like, yo, God, where you at? And he's like, I'm coming, but you won't stop still long enough. You won't do what I've asked you to do. Go where I've asked you to go. And, but, but what I love is that his goodness and his mercy, even when we run away, they're, they're following us. They're, they're chasing us all the days of our lives. And if we just stop still long enough for a moment and say, yes, Lord, what do you want me to do, Lord? Here I am, Lord. Send me, Lord, that his goodness and his mercy and his favor and his promises land on us. Amen. There's a word for somebody before we even get cracking today. Just stop for a moment. Amen. I'd like it to say the goodness and mercy of God landed on my life because I stood still long enough. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to read to you from Ephesians chapter 2. And I got, I got a great word for y'all today. I got, I got a great word for y'all today. I got a word that's going to bring a lot of people peace today. Amen. A lot of people. We've been running away from some things in our lives. And, and I, I believe I got a word that's going to bring y'all some peace. And uh, this word design has been on my heart because of some things that we were doing this weekend. So uh, I, I was with my wife and and, and some people in our house on, on Wednesday and my wife said something that just triggered me and I was like, that's good. Man, that's good. I'm going to preach on that. And that was about three o'clock on Wednesday and, and here's the thing though. I, um, I, I tell you that today because I've only really been thinking about this for like two and a half days and wrote it out and like, all right, let's go. And I tell you that in case it sucks. <laughs> and so you all know that, well, he didn't put as much time in this time because on Wednesday, when I thought that I was preaching on something else, the Holy Spirit, through the mouth of my wife, hijacked my sermon. <clears throat> and so what I got for you instead is from Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Are y'all ready for this? Oh, come on. We got the front row ready. Y'all ready for this or what? Yep. Good, 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 good. Good. I'm expecting God to do something cool today. So, all right. We're going to hit some fun stuff, some hard stuff, some good stuff. We're going to hit a lot of stuff. So, and um, says in verse 10, for we are his workmanship. What a great start to, to a verse. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God pre-planned beforehand that we could walk in them. Therefore, someone say therefore. 
therefore, having said that, that's what therefore means, right? So having said that, that you are Christ's workmanship and God planned things for you, therefore remember this, that at one point you were Gentiles in the flesh, uncircumcised, circumcision which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of God's promises, having no hope without God and in the world. But now, someone say, but now. (laughs) But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought close by the blood of Christ Jesus. Come on, that's what we're preaching about today. Y'all ready for this? I, I want to I pray for you. And um, I want to I pray for you. Um, and, 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 but before I pray for you, uh, I just want to... I just want to say something first, so, so stay standing. But I, I want to talk to people in this room who think that you are defective. You're not. You for sure may have done dumb things, but you are not defective. There are people here and you think, it's not worth getting to know me. And you've been told that. Maybe you think you're not quite right. Listen, you were designed by God. Created by God. Some of you think that perhaps God didn't put as much care into the details of your life as he did with the person sitting in front of you or behind you. Today I want to talk to you. I'm going to encourage you. From the word of God, I want you to see the value that God places on you. Amen. And it'll be encouraging and challenging. I want everyone here to know that you were designed and created by God. I want you to leave this place just knowing that, that I was designed and created by God on purpose. Amen. That God created each of us to join Him. To join Him in the work that, that He does. We've been invited to join him. Isn't that good? In the passage, he reminds us, hey, don't take that for granted. Don't take it for granted that God created you, that you're a work of art by God, and and that that, that he planned a great thing for you to do in your life. And then he goes on to say, it was very recently that you didn't even know any of this. So don't forget what God has done for you. Amen. So let's pray today. If you want to receive from God, do you lift up your hands? Heavenly Father, I thank you that all of us were created in the image of God. No mistakes. No mishaps. God, we don't want to forget or take for granted all that you have done in our lives and all that you did before we even took our first breath. We thank you for all you've planned for our lives, for the very fact that we're fortunate enough to be counted as children of God. And today, Lord, I ask for your help. Lord, would you help me to encourage your church, your people with your 
word today, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, you can high-five two of your neighbors and give the Lord a shout of praise as you take your seats. Come on. I don't know about you, but I feel like God is moving in this place already. Anybody else? What about up the back there? See, I feel the presence of God up here, but what's it like up there? Somebody let me know. Is it good up there? Hey, I said up there, not over here. Come on, all right? Look at these guys. The, 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 the west wing of the church, so egotistical, right? You know? I'm just kidding, guys. I love you. I'm just messing with y'all. I love you. You're amazing, all right? But, but come on, you feel it up there? Yeah? You feel it over there? Feel it over there? Feel it everywhere? God's not dead. No, he's alive. Anyway, y'all know that song? No, never, ever. Does anybody know the songs? You know, like, what is it? God's not dead. No, he's alive. I feel him in my hands. I feel him in my hair. I feel him in my feet. I feel him everywhere. Yeah, anyway, I'm going to get on with the sermon. Shall we do that? It's just been a while since I sang you a song, so thought I'd do that today, you know? One of these days, the majority of the room's going to know the song I sing, all right? In fact, I've got one. Shout to the Lord, all the earth. Hands up if you know that one. Not even half of y'all. A bunch of heathens that got saved late in their lives. So, come on. <laughs> anyway, all right. Should do this. Uh, I'm, I'm like a bit hypo today. Hyper, hyper. I'm hyper today. So my apologies. But, <clears throat> but we're going to have some fun. Uh, the first thing I want to talk to you about today um, is the fact that you're designed by God. Now, that sounds basic. That sounds simple. And you're like, yeah, that sounds cool. Um, you, I, we know that. We say that all the time. I'm designed by God. Awesome. But listen, what we often talk about is created in the image of God, right? We often talk about how I was created by God, that God formed me. But I want you to know that not only were you created by God, but that you were designed by God. Okay, and they're different. Now, let, let me show you. One time I walked into my son's room. This is a number of years ago. I've told you this story before. It's disgusting, but I'm a father of five kids, and there ain't ever going to be a sermon where I don't use the word poo, all right? And so when you've got five kids, that's just what happens. Make peace with that. One day I walked into my son's room, and we're like, it stinks. There's something wrong in this room. There's something about this kid. What is it? You know, I think it, maybe it was his hand stunk or something like that. And like, what's going on? So we start exploring his room. He tells us he's got some new toys. Little, little marbles or whatever else and we go into his closet and we find these little balls they're all about the same size little balls all rolled up and we're like oh wonderful he's been playing with his little balls we're like what are these balls he's like I made these balls we're like great cool you made balls awesome what we discovered was he made the balls out of poo good times right yeah so my kid he created something he did not take the time to design the something He's just like, I want to make something. This looks good. Right? Like y'all were created out of the dust, right? From dust to dust, ashes to ashes, right? Y'all know that, right? But it's not like God just randomly grabbed a bunch of dust, pulled it together and was like, oh, that'll do. No, he took the time to design the thing that he would create. He took the time to look at you, design you, say, yep, that's it. Then grab what he needed, all the ingredients to make you who you are. You weren't, you, you're not just a lump of poo or a lump of mud that was scraped up and turned into you. No, no, no. You weren't just created. You were designed and then created. 
Speaking to the prophet Jeremiah, God said, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew all about you. Before I formed you, before I created you, before I gathered the dust, before I met, I knew you. And before you tasted the light of day, I set aside good and holy things for you to do in your life. You're not just some random blueprint purchased off the internet. No, no, you are uniquely and wonderfully designed by God. Come on, that's good news, amen. That's you, all right? That's you. There's not another one of you in China. There's not another one of you in Ethiopia. There's not another one of you in Guatemala. There's not another one of you in Texas. There's just you. That's it. There will never be another one of you, and there has never been another one of you. It's not reincarnation. You were not a frog that did a good job, and now we got to be a bob. That's not you, all right? That's not how it works. There has only ever been one of you. There will only ever be one of you, and it's you, Bob, just you. Do you understand the difference? And there wasn't a plan that was used on somebody else, and then he's like, and I like that. Let's do it again. Just you and just you forever. That's it. Come on. Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you, and then I created you. Amen. See, I'm not just talking about your body, even your personality. God designed your personality. Your personality is not just the sum of a bad or fallen world. Your personality is not the result of growing up in a fatherless environment. Your personality is not the result of some, uh, some abuse or some pain that you went through in your life. No, God designed your personality. Come on. <clears throat> Now, listen, that does not mean that everything we do with our personality is good and holy and righteous, because some of y'all, including me, have done some dumb and unrighteous and unholy and evil things with what God has given us, right? But the goal is not then to change that, uh, sorry, to change the personality, but instead to, to realign what God has given us with His Word and use it for the glory of God, amen? But God designed your personality, amen? Like me, I'm kind of like psycho ADHD. I know some of y'all are like, no way. <laughs> no, I am, you know. I'm kind of like a little bit psycho ADHD, and that's just kind of how I roll. Um, you know, I've always been that way, um, and I envisage that I will always be that way. And I'm just a little hyperactive, so to speak. I'm not like diagnosed or anything like that. I've got friends who are doctors like Joe and all these other people. And they're like, you're probably ADHD. And I'm like, you're probably shut up. And so I'm just going to keep being what I am. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, if you want to sit me down in your little chair and talk about it, then you can diagnose me. But I ain't going to sit down in your little chair. I'm just going to... Anyway, come on. But no, ain't nobody ever actually diagnosed me, but I'm a bit hyper. I got a lot of energy. I got lots of words, you know? Like they talk about how a woman has this many words to say in a day, and, and a man has this many words to say in a day, and when a man gets home, he's used up these words, he don't want to talk anymore, and the wife has still got this many words left, and she wants to talk. Well, in our family, that ain't it. It's, um, I wake up and I've got the words, and I go to sleep, I've still got the words. And sometimes when I sleep, 
I got some words. You know, I've just got a lot of words, right? And actually, last week, um, we went and did a wedding in New York. Um, Joe Falco, my friend, um, his sister got married. I had the pleasure of, of officiating that ceremony, and it was a wonderful time. Um, um, just hanging out with a bunch of New York Italians. That was funny. <laughs> Don't you got to worry about nothing, you know? It was hilarious, seriously. Uh, actually, one of them told me a great joke I've got to share with you all today. Um, 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 <laughs> y'all ready for this? Um, hands up if we got Italians in the room right now, all right? Come on, keep them up, keep them up in the air, all right? We got some Italians, all right. All right, don't you got to worry about nothing. This is going to be all good. And so, um, so why don't Italians like Jehovah's Witnesses? Because they don't like any witnesses. I learned that from Joe's new brother-in-law or whatever, you know, good fun. I told you I'd say it. If you're watching right now, I told you I'd say it in church. So come on. But last Friday morning, we had to walk, we, sorry, we had to drive to the airport. It was about 5 a.m. I think we got up at like, I don't know, quarter past four or 4.30, something like that. It was 5, 5.15, whatever. We were just on our way to the airport. It's super early. And man, I was excited, you know, it's 5 a.m., but I'm excited, you know, I'm going to a wedding in New York, bunch of Italians. It's going to be like my big fat Greek wedding, but like Italian, you know, and I'm like, this is going to be amazing. And, and I'm telling Lauren, I'm like, Lauren, I can't wait. It's going to be amazing. We're going to have so much fun. And, and then, you know, on Saturday, we're going to do this. And on, uh, and on Sunday, we're going to do, do the, do the wedding and but it's going to be weird right not being in church for a whole weekend you know but but we're going to have some fun and and then I'm like talking about the shoes I'm going to wear because a while ago like I I got some shoes almost given to me I think I paid like a few bucks and they're worth like a few hundred bucks and I was like this is cool and I never wear them because people judge you because you're a pastor you shouldn't have shoes like that but shut up because I didn't pay for them but anyway and I'm like so but I never wear them and I've worn them like five times and they're white but they're not these ones and I'm like I'm going to wear a suit it's going to be a black suit and it's going to have a white shirt and I'm going to have a black tie but I'm going to have some fire white shoes on it's going to be amazing and Lauren's like shut up (laughs) like it's 5 15 in the morning we ain't even at the airport yet and I got all the words I'm good to go right like unless let's just talk about it all she's like okay seriously like but not if can you just sorry that was not at like 5 a.m but I stopped the word short and it sounded like a bad word but anyway she's like not at like 5 a.m could you just like do sick could you just talk to someone else so I'm like all right I'm gonna talk to Joe so I start messaging Joe because Joe's an hour in front, so it's like 6.15, and lazy people are asleep at 6.15, but everyone else is awake, so I'm like, Joe will be awake. He's in New York at 6.15. So I'm texting Joe, hey, Joe, did you know that in 12 months, it will have been a year since we did this wedding? Like, that's the kind of stupid, hypo-annoying personality I am at 5 a.m. in the morning. Anyone else like that, by the way? Just give me a wave. Don't be all ashamed. Put your hand up high. Come on. You're the normal one. The people around you are the weird ones. Come on. Like, yeah, right? Here's the thing, though. For most of my life, people wanted to change my personality. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. You may not be hypo like, hyper like me, but, but, like, but you know what it's like when people are trying to change your personality, right? They're like, you know, it's like I'm not sinning with my personality, you know? Uh, but, but, but they still want to change. You're like, hey, Jesse, if you want to do anything decent with your life, you're going to need to stop that, you know? Jesse, if you want to lead a church like, like you believe you're cool to do, you, you're going to need to stop that. But, but can I tell you, I have never been more ineffective in my life than when I'm trying to not be me. 
I've never been more ineffective in my life than when I'm trying to, to, to be what somebody else tells me I need to be or when I'm, trying to, when I'm trying to go against how God designed my body and my personality to be, right? Now, for sure, I need to be corrected and redirected when I use what God gave me to be destructive, painful, and hurtful to others, right, or to myself or against God's plans. But I am the most effective I'll ever be when I line my life up with how God designed me to be. Y'all know what I'm saying? Amen. And so we can't spend our lives fighting how God designed us and expect to live a fruitful life full of favor, affirmation, and blessing from heaven. Amen. Now, mind you, that doesn't mean that I shouldn't find ways to focus when I need to focus, right? Like now people said you can't do what God's called you to do if, if you don't, you know, change that about you with the words and the, the, the number of them and things. But, but, but like, let's be honest, if, like God's doing a good thing because of me using what God gave me. Amen. And I don't want to come against that. I do need to find ways to vote. Like I have an assistant, right? Jenna on the front row, mine and Lauren's assistant, right? Now, truth is, ain't nothing ever going to get done if she don't put it in my calendar, all right? Like I have an assistant, I have a calendar. People are like, can I meet with you, Jesse? Um, yeah, I want to, but um, it's probably not going to happen unless you talk to Jenna. Because I'm like, little, little, little. And, and Jenna's like, she's like that too, but with this like weird gift for organization. You know what I mean? And so she uses that. And, and, and God's given her a gift in that area. And it's been a tremendous blessing to Lauren and I and also to our church, right? And, and, and so, so we do things and, and we, we, we make sure we have a calendar. And, and, you know, and Jenna will get you in my calendar. And then when we get there, I'll give you all the words, you know. And, and I've learned to stop for a bit and listen to your words too. But if you don't have some... I got some, you know, and that's it. That's, that's what God, I, God gave me a gift of the gab that I'm going to use to bless people. You hear what I'm saying? Right? Like we get into meetings. I think we've got I don't, 19 or 20 staff now. We, we just hired a videographer and media guy uh, who does work for the NFL, took them from him. And, um, and, and, you know, and so we're great. He's a good guy. And so I don't know how many that staff number is after that, but, but like it's growing and we have staff meetings and things. And, and when we get into those staff meetings, I'm 39, I'm the boss, and honestly, I'm the most hyper person in there. I am. Yeah, yeah, I just am, you know, and, and now, now I'm using the energy gift God gave me to do more, to see more, to love more, to help more, you know, to, to, do, the, to do the 12 appointments a day on the days that I... Don't need to write a sermon, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm going to just use what God gave me, you know, and I'm not going to stop being who God made me, amen? Now, now, if those things are used for evil instead of good, then I need to be corrected, redirected back to the plan. Can I get an amen? amen. But the point is, God designed me, and God designed you. Some of you feel like, you know, oh, ain't nobody like my personality. Now, listen, listen, God designed you. You're not defective, broken. God designed you. Perhaps you're using something wrong, but God designed you. Amen. My second point is you were created by God in the image of God. When God knew me, what do we read in Jeremiah? When God knew me, before he formed me, he liked me. 
And so he created me. Think about it. Before I formed you in your mother's womb, before I molded you, before I knit you together in your mother's womb, before then, I knew everything about you. And I liked it, so I created it. Come on. God knew you, liked the plan, created you, and empowered you to live. Amen. Come on. That is good news. God likes you. See, he knew all about you. He knew your personality. He knew when you would sin. He knew when you would use the good things God gave you to do ungodly things. Come on, he knew that. He knew the pain that you would cause him by separating yourself from him. He knew all about that. He knew the destruction that might come from your life into other people's lives. Looked at all of that, but he looked at the design and he said, I like you. And so he created you. God likes me. That's cool, right? God likes me. Some of y'all don't like me, but God likes me. Some people out there don't like me, but God likes me. Think about that, friend. God likes you. God doesn't just love you. He likes you. See, love, I get love. Love's great. I love that God loves me. But, but when I think about love and like from like an earthly perspective, at least, like I, I love my wife. The Bible tells me to love my wife. Tells my wife, respect your husband. Tells me, love my wife. All these things. And, 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 like, and it says it in a way where like it's a choice. You know, I can choose to love um, and, and I can speak love out like like I love I can prophesy almost that out because the truth is there are moments in our marriage where I didn't like the woman all right like and, and, but but here's the thing see at first I was, I was always like man I like her rock and body absolutely you know I'm like that is a hot woman now, don't judge me come on none of you ever married someone because you thought they were ugly Nobody stood across the room and they're like, that person is ugly as sin. I want to get to know them. <laughs> they never happened, all right? Come on, right? Like I saw my wife, I'm like, that is a smoking hot chick. I want to get to know her personality, right? <laughs> that, that's the truth, right? And, and what I've discovered over the years is I actually like the woman God designed. See, I, 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 I've chosen to love, but the more time I've spent with this woman discovering her and, and studying the way that God designed her, the more I like her. It's different than just love. I, li- I like being around her. There were times I did, but I like being around her now, you know. And listen, God likes you. God likes being around you. He doesn't only love you. He likes you and likes to be near you. He, he, before he formed you in your mother's womb, God saw you. God knew you. And he's like, I like it. That's partly why the devil wants to hijack everything in our lives and all the ways God designed us. Because the devil wants us to use what God likes in a way that God does not like because he hates God. The devil wants me to use my very talkative personality and my multitude of words to talk about anything but God's plans, anything but God's design, anything but God's love, anything but God's grace, anything but the truth of the Word of God. He wants me to say a lot of words, but say nothing in the process. He wants me to to use the gift that God gave me 
but to be loose with my words. But here's the thing. When God looks at me, he taps Gabriel on the shoulder. He's like, yo, Gabe, come here. Come here, look at Jesse. He's a chatty little bugger, ain't he? He's like, but I like it. I like it. He goes, but you watch what he can do when he makes peace with the way I made him and chooses to use it for my glory. And the Holy Spirit has helped me use this part of my personality that people have been wanting to change my whole life. But as I made peace with it, the Holy Spirit has helped me redirect it for the, its original intent to bring glory to God, do good things on earth. The good things that God pre-planned in advance for me to do. Amen. See, when God was creating me, he wasn't like scooping up some stuff. It's like, oh, crap, we accidentally got some ADHD in there. <laughs> ah, whatever. I can't be bothered making a new one. No, 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 no. God's like this. He's like, man, to do that, we're going to have to give him some of this. <laughs> All right, come on, bring it over. He's going to be funny. Come on. And he put it in there. And I had it since I was born. You hear what I'm saying? He, he, he designed you and your personality on purpose and for a reason. And you will never be happier than when you begin to line your life up, your whole life, your mind, your body, everything with the Word of God and God's plans for your life. But the thing is, some people use their personality as an ex- their personality or preferences or whatever as an excuse to be ineffective or destructive. So you want to hit the other side for a second, right? Because like number one, your personality came from God, designed by God, just like your body, right? Designed by God. He, he didn't like make one and then be like, oh, whatever happens with the personality, I don't care. No, designed your body, designed your personality, bang, together, right? On purpose, right? And so you got to understand that and you don't need to change that. You need to redirect that back to God's original intent. Amen. But on the flip side, some people will use that as an excuse to be ineffective, an excuse to, I could say, well, ah, you know, like I can't do 12 appointments a day, you know, I just, I just, I don't have, I don't know how to, well, do you know what? I'm not going to make an excuse. I'm going to get the right people to help me do the right things so I can use what God gave me, right? I have to focus some days to prepare a message. I can't be like, oh, my personality is just chatty, chatty, chatty. No, I got to stop and read, read, read so I can get up here and use what God gave me. Amen. And some people use their personalities as an excuse to be ineffective, even destructive to other people in their lives. But the goal of Christian discipleship is always to see our lives begin to line up more and more with God's design and God's word, and to use it all for his purposes, his pre-planned purposes, amen, every part of our lives. I've been talking a lot about personality, but here's why, because I want you to know that you're not defective, and that what I want to see you do is use what God has given you for his glory. Stop trying to change it. Stop wishing God made you different and use it, redirect it, redeem it. Amen. I felt God wanted to encourage a lot of you today that he made you because he liked you. Amen. Before he made you. That's so different than let's make it and see if we like it. How often do y'all like build a house, move in and be like, uh, big mistake. 
God didn't make it and then try it out. When he made you, he saw it. He liked it. So he made it. Amen. Praise God. You know what I want you to know too? He didn't make any mistakes. He didn't make any mistakes when he designed you. And he didn't make any mistakes when he created you. I've been talking about that a little bit. Even before I realized I'm going to preach this as a sermon this weekend, just, you know, as time goes on, I've always been really excited and I love the idea of design, you know, because I, I, I see it's like right at the very, very start, I see intent, design, creation, you know, right there in the Pentateuch, right there. You know, uh, verse one, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void and darkness was over the face of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters and God said... Let there be light. Yeah. Right? And, and I love, I love the idea. Not the idea. I love the fact of design. And, and so I've been thinking about that. I've been talking about that a lot. And someone asked me a really good question. They said, well, what does that mean for my friend with cerebral palsy? Is that not a good question? I think it is. I don't think questions like that come from a place of a lack of faith. I think they come from a place of wanting to understand God. Yeah. In all things, right? And so I thought, what a great question to ask. And I stopped and thought for a moment. Because when you have all the words, it's a good idea to stop and think before you use some of them. I learned that. Talk about learning how to use what God gave you, right? It's not a good idea for someone to ask a really impactful question like that and be like, well, and then half an hour later, having said that, (laughs) maybe not, you know. So I stopped, I thought, five seconds, a minute, however long it was, process. Asking the Lord, God, use me right now to answer this question. So I said to my friend, I said, hey, what I would say to your friend is God makes all things work together for good. All things. And in this fallen world full of sickness, disease, trial, pain, hurt, abuse, all, out of all the things going on in this world, I would tell your friend, you are one of the good and beautiful and wonderful things that God brought forth out of this world. Because I don't want to look at one person, go against the word of God and say, well, you're the one that wasn't designed by God. The problem with mankind is so many of us have the audacity to look at people through human eyes and then try to determine their worth and value to this world. We can't look at anybody through human eyes and try to determine their worth and value. Instead, we look at them and say, designed and created by God. One of the good and beautiful and wonderful things that we get to experience in this world is you. The eyes of men devalue people. It abandons creation. It abandons design. And when you abandon creation, right there at the very beginning, the foundational moments of mankind, when you abandon 
design, you abandon value and you have again created situational value, situational uh, ethics. You have created an opportunity for mankind to decide who gets to live, who doesn't get to live. Uh, People with Down syndrome, less image bearers of God than we are. No. And now we have people who have decided that they get to determine who was and was not intended to be or not be. And when they find out that a young man or a young woman in the womb has Down syndrome, they end their life. And it's heartbreaking that we would think that we get to determine who is and is not designed and created by God. When we remove design, we remove value. When we remove design, we belittle everybody to nothing but the result of some cosmic accident or some lucky monkey that walked out of the jungle. Right? No value on luck. Come on. There's no value on luck. None. No wonder people don't value their lives and commit suicides at the highest rates ever before in history. We have more stuff than we've ever had before. I've got a phone in my pocket, probably, I don't know if it's worth used, maybe $500 in my pocket. A t-shirt worth $35, $40. And people are killing themselves everywhere because the stuff means nothing. We have told people that you you were not designed, you were not created, you're an accident. Of course there's no value on that person's life. What am I saying? We were all designed and created by God. And we need to look at people through the lens of the Word of God, that is the eyes of God, and realize that we're all image bearers of God. Amen. Everybody is designed by God and He likes you. Come on, He likes you. He likes you and He likes you. He even likes me and Sean. Come on, he likes us, Sean. Pastor Sean. He likes us. Isn't that good news? I got more good news. You're designed, you're created, and the Holy Spirit has empowered you to live that life. The Holy Spirit wants to help all of us to flourish and to thrive within what God has given you. The Holy Spirit will empower you to flourish within God's design. You can't flourish outside of God's design, but you can flourish within God's design so that you can do all the things that you were created to do. The only way to flourish is to make peace with God's design in your life. To allow the Holy Spirit to begin to line up your life with God's word and God's plans for your life. Can I get an amen? Let me say that real short for you in a way that you can take a photo of. To have peace, you got to make peace with how God created you. Amen? You won't have peace. You won't have peace if you don't make peace with the way that God created you. Amen? As I think about that, I think about all the ways that the world 
tries to devalue God's design, God's creation, and God's intent in your life. I think about all the ways that the world tries to, all the ways that the devil, as, as Scripture says, the God of this age, the little g, God of this age. What does that mean? The, the, the word calls the devil the God of, of this age. What's that mean? That means that the world has made the devil their God. If you're not for me, you're against me. The world has made the devil their God, and the devil hates God's design, and he wants to make you hate it too, and he wants you to hate God's plans for your life, hate design, hate creation, hate how God made you. Come on. He hates it all. We live in a world that is doing the craziest things to people. You know a story of a young man who got told at school that men are bad. Young boy. Men are bad. Here's all the bad things that men did. Here's all the bad things that men do in their lives. Men are terrible. Men are violent. Men are aggressive. Yada, yada, yada. And they use it to do this. And they're domineering. And they're too powerful. And all this other gear. And this young boy, he's hearing all of that. He's hearing all of that. Now, don't get me wrong. Some men have used what God gave them to do bad things. But listen, the thing in them is not bad. The thing it was used for is. Men were created, come on, with aggression. It's not bad. Men, you're allowed to be aggressive. Got to use it for the right things. Amen. Men were created with an incredible ability to do violence. And we can use it to cut down trees. We can use it to go kill a beast and provide for the family. We can use it to protect the family. Come on. You were given it for a reason. But this school told this young man that these things are bad. But can I tell you, listen. If what's happening in Ukraine happens in Iowa, y'all are going to be wanting some men with some aggression and a willingness to do a little bit of violence for you. Y'all are going to be like, where does Zelensky's at? Well, we don't have any because we told all the boys, you got to be a little girl. No, come on. Listen. So this young man goes home after being told all that garbage looks at himself in the mirror and hates what he saw. This happens to girls too on the other side. Some little girls go, man, I, if I'm going to be a victim of men, I just flip that script. <clears throat> this young boy looks in the mirror, doesn't like what he sees, decides then I'm going to be a girl. I hate men. Goes to school and they tell him, yeah, you, you're a girl now. <clears throat> Do you know what I hate about this story? Not just this story, but a lot of these stories is, did you know that up to 96% of young people that suffer from gender dysphoria, by the time they're 21, have made peace with the body God gave them, if left alone? That's nuts. Up to 96% of them will make peace, start to feel, no, no, feel comfortable with the body God gave them by the time they're 21. But let's flip that for a second. But what do our schools do? What do so many ridiculously unqualified medical professionals do? who have done no research whatsoever. I have studied it more than most of them. What do they do? Well, in London, 
the leading institute for gender dysphoria and gender transitioning, they discovered, see, London's about five, ten years in front of us because they embraced this stuff Europe in general did before us. They're now starting to see devastating side effects and are speaking out about it at the highest levels of government saying we have to fix this, right? And we're all over here going, we'll do it better. Kind of like socialism, right? Never worked before. No, we will, you know? And so, <laughs> right? Do you know what I'm saying, right? We always think we're going to do it better than the other billion people that did it bad. We all think we're so good, you know? Like, and so, but we're like, well, we're going to keep trying. Do you know what they're finding out, what they discovered over there? That over 90% of the young people that suffered from rapid onset gender dysphoria in their teenage years, that over 90% of them were not encouraged at all to talk about why they feel that way, to go through any therapy to help them make peace with how they are at all, zero. Like zero therapy for 90% of them. Instead, they're given puberty blockers and then they're given the opposite sex hormone pills that they will have to take for the rest of their lives, which will do incredible damage to their bodies. And then they pursue gender reassignment surgery when 96% of them would have just made peace with the body God gave them. You know what really ticks me off? Is that they're out there encouraging down to 13-year-old kids to cut their penises off and to remove their breasts and to take pills that they will have to, that, to take pills that will fight against their DNA for the rest of their lives so they can be considered good, but I'm the bad guy. Because I say, don't mutilate the kids. Don't mess with them. Hey, young man. Hey, young woman. You're good right now. Right now, you were designed and created, and you're valuable, and God loves you right now, as you are already. You don't have to do all this to become valuable. You don't have to do all this to be good. God created you, and he looked at you, and he said, it is very good right now. The person who says, you're good right now, they have the audacity to say, is the mean guy. Come on. Listen to me. This is ridiculous. I get fired up about it. Because these young people, their bodies will fight it for the rest of their lives. And the moment they stop taking it, their body will be like, we're going back to the way we're supposed to be. It's going to try if it hasn't been too damaged by the garbage these abusive doctors and teachers and clinicians did to them and we're the bad guys because we love you already as you are amen breaks my heart i tell you right now there are places in the world where already just in canada just a few hours north of here where uh, where if you don't affirm your kids transition that they consider that child abuse can i tell you if some doctor touched one of my kids with any of those knives It'll be a lot worse than Chris Rock and Will Smith. (laughs) Tell you straight up right now, I will use some of that violence that God gave me the ability to do on that day. Now I pray God give me grace to not murder people, but hey, whatever has to happen on that day, so be it. I'll do what I got to do to protect my kids. Amen. Come on. I'm on camera saying that right now. 
Anyway. Do you know why um, Will Smith um, used an open hand on Chris Rock? Because paper beats rock. <laughs> all right, all right, come on, let's bring it back, let's bring it back, let's bring it back. Sorry, uh, there was a dude um, that put a picture of me online up on the Instagram this week, and um, he said on it, um, you, know, you know, it was a meme, and it said at the top, you know, me inviting people to church, them. Your church isn't one of those places where the pastor stirs the pot, is it? And underneath it said, me, no, my pastor's totally cool, but then with a picture of me, like, stirring a pot. And I was like, okay, it's true. We're stirring a pot. It was pretty funny. But, um, but I'm not just stirring a pot for the, for the sake of it. Do you know what I mean? Like, th- this is very destructive to family, to people who will never be able to have kids ever again because of the things that people let them choose at 13, 14, 15, 16 years of age when they're, come on, come on. This is so destructive. You have to talk about it. 75% of Americans disagree with this garbage, but the way the media and the politicians talk about it, you'd think that 75% of them agree with it because we have been too quiet. And it is time to speak up and tell the truth. You are destroying young people, and if you do it to mine, I will destroy you. But anyway, so that was pretty aggressive, wasn't it, Pastor Rob? But anyway... Here's the thing, though. I just like the way God designed you. I do. I, I, I like it now. I, I think he did a good job, you know. And I don't want you to think that you're the one that he jacked up. You know what I mean? Like, like I want my friends, I want all of you to know, like, like he loves you. And when he designed you, he liked you enough to make you. Can, can we honor that? Amen. The devil is a freaking liar. He's a liar. I know of young women who are 40 or 50 or 60 who are still single and people say, well, you must be gay. Like, shut up. No, you are what you are. Like the world pushes all this stuff. But listen, the only way to live in God's favor is make peace with God's design in your life. From your body to your person. Now, all of it, right? Now, again, we gotta, we got we to redirect. we gotta, we got to get in the Word of God, absolutely. Searching it, searching it. God, God, help me to live my life, to speak how you want me to speak, to talk when you want me to talk, to, to be quiet when you want me to be quiet, to love people that you need me to love, and to, to be truth where you need me to be truth, and, and to pray for people that need to be praying, to be a vessel of, of, of encouragement to people who need encouragement, and, and to lay hands on the sick. God, help me to do it your way, but, but God, thank you for how you made me help me to use all of this to do all of this amen we can't expect to use what God gave us in a way that that dishonors him and still expect his favor and blessing on it it's not going to happen if I give you a car you fill it with dirt and plant trees in it don't ask me for gas money come on design. Would you all stand up with me as we get ready to close? Please don't anybody leave just yet. I promise your bladder won't break. 
just don't leave just yet. I, 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 need to, I, need to, I need to land this plane for you. I want you to help. I, want, I don't just want to say words. I want an opportunity for the Holy Spirit to, to minister to you, all right? We're only now going to get into the good bit after all that. We're only now going to get into the good bit, okay? Now, don't, don't, by the way, if someone ever says, oh, there goes your pastor freaking hates LGBT people, like, no. I love them more than any maggot that wants to put a knife to them. I'm sorry. I'm, I love them way more than the politicians and the government that, that's recommending this garbage on a 13-year-old kid. They hate your kids. I love them. I love them. And the good news is we can always come back to the master plan. Amen. I got most fired up in this service. And you all needed it. <laughs> 20 more minutes. No. I um. I'll just say this out loud. I said it in the other two. I need to say it again. I don't know how. I don't know how expensive it is. I have zero idea how it can happen. I'm going to talk to some other pastors and we'll figure out a way, I think. I have no idea if it's like 10 grand or 150 grand. But I do think we as a church should put our money where our mouth is. And if we think the goal of Christian discipleship is to line our lives up and our bodies again back up as much as we can with God's design, then we should be willing to pay for people to detransition. I really do think that. So I don't know if we'll start a fund for that or something like that. But I do think we should put our money where our mouth is. Don't you, Patrick? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I watch this space. God willing, something happens there in the next year or more, hopefully less. But maybe someone out there is like, I've got a million bucks I'm put towards that. Cool. Yeah. If you feel so inclined. So, um, This week, we had a designer come to our house on Wednesday. Back to the start. Okay? Let's, let's roll all the way back to the start. Y'all think I don't know how to organize a sermon, right? <laughs> now we're going to end it where we started. We had a designer come to our house because we've been planning to do a renovation of our house for many, many years. We're hoping to do it soon, this year and next year. Um, see, our house is about 35 years old now. And everything's falling apart, you know? It's kind of like what happened to me when I turned 35. I'm like, ouch, you know? <laughs> These squats aren't so easy anymore, you know? The house is about 35, a little bit more. Everything's falling apart. Everything's a bit dated. But the thing about our house is it's a beautiful house. So I'm not going to be the pastor who stands up here and pretends I'm dirt poor and don't have a nice house. I love my house. It's a beautiful home, but it's dated and breaking. I think that's part of why we got a, a good deal. You know, um, It was designed like meticulously with every view in mind. So if you're sta- there's this one spot in our house that I love to stand in. I probably go there every day at least once. And I stand there. And it's not, a sense, it's not like a pride, like, look at my house. No, no. I just like to stand there and I look up from this one front corner. And the, the roof, the ceiling goes all the way with the roof. And, and I can see the hallway goes across with this beautiful timber work and these great lines on angles. And, and, and I can see all the way. And it's, it's almost like I can see what the architect had in mind from this one favorite spot of mine. I used to have a chair there and I'd just sit there. And I just, I love design. I do, I always have, right? 
when you've got a chaotic brain like mine, you kind of love design, you know? How's it meant to be, you know? I love that spot. It's very architectural home. Lots of attention to detail, even the lines in the home where there's, there's like skylights on an angle, but then there's windows not on an angle. And from a certain point on the road, the skylights, though they're like four times bigger, look the same size because of the angle and they line up. And it's like, man, they put a lot of work into that. You know what I mean? Measuring that and planning that. Lauren said something to to the designer just as I was about to go pick up the kids. And she said something and it changed. I said at the start, it changed what I was preaching on this weekend. It really got me thinking. She said, uh, I'm aware this is our home and we can do whatever we want. Listen, this is your life and you can do whatever you want. Absolutely. You can do whatever you want with it. But Lauren goes, look, I'm aware it's our home. We can do whatever we want. But we want to honor the original design. Honor the original design and intent of the home. We want to honor the designer. I was like, wow. You were designed with a tremendous amount of intent, purpose, You were fearfully and wonderfully made, Scripture says. You're beautiful beyond comprehension according to God. And as we age and as we grow, and as we face trials of many kinds, as Scripture says, in our lives, some of our rooms get damaged. Some of our doors start to fall off or get blocked, right? A few holes in the walls here or there, scuff marks around the place. Rooms that were designed for community have become storage rooms full of baggage. Rooms that were meant for feasting are now full of bitterness and it's festering. What we need to do is meet with the designer. Have him go through each room like we did beforehand in this room. What do you love about this room? What do you think this room was? What do you think this room? What do you think this room? What we need to do is we need to go through each room with the designer and and we need to ask him, what was your intent here? Why do you have this room here? See, there's one room in our house. Actually, let me start with this. There was a moment in our little tour of our home with the designers where they said, do you have the blueprints? Designers love that. And we're like, we do. So we went, we looked in the room, and there they were. We have the original blueprints. You know why they're called blueprints? Because back then they were actually blue. And they were prints. (laughs) And so it's almost Australian simplicity right there, right? I bet you an Aussie came up with that name. Anyway, Lauren Go gets the blueprints, and I could see one of the ladies sort of geeked out at that. You know what I mean? Like, God, the, 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 the design's here. You know what I mean? Like, just, like, this is amazing. You know, like, the design's here. I love God's still got your blueprint. 
It's still there. He knows where the supporting walls are. Come on. He knows what each room was meant for. You know what's funny is when we moved into our house, there's like this one room. And I was like, what is this room? You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, what is this room? You know, I don't know what this room's for. Go back to the design. Oh, sitting room. Cool. You know, whatever, you know. I don't know, in your life, perhaps you need to go back to the designer and the blueprints. And be like, well, what is this room for? Oh, cool. I did not have one of those in my life. Is that what that's for? I always thought that was just an annoying waste of space in my life. Right now, you need to go to the designer and say, God, what's your intent with this? Because right now, when I walk into that room, I don't like what I see in there. Why did you give me this personality? Everybody hates me. God's like, but I like you. No matter what they say, I like you. Amen. Why'd you make me a woman? Why'd you make me a man? God, how can I honor the designer with my multitude of words that I have? God, how can I honor the designer with my dry sense of humor, with my tough kind of heart? How can I honor the designer with my Asperger's? How how can I honor the designer with my high intelligence, low intelligence, whatever it is? How can I honor the designer and fulfill the purpose that you had for my life? You were designed by God, created with purpose, and now the Holy Spirit is here to walk through the rooms of your life and help you discover and see the beauty and the wonder of God's original design for your life. Amen. The good news is he's still got the blueprints. Can I get an amen? He's still got the plans. He can help you bring it all back to God's original design and intent because that is the best life you can live. Best life you can live. Some of y'all attempted to, to remodel. Don't remodel. Renovate. Don't remodel. Renovate. Rejuvenate. Restore. Amen. We don't need a remodel in your life. You can do that to your house. But you need to restore the designer's intent in your life. Amen. Hallelujah. We're going to open the front for prayer in just a moment. But before we do that, we want to pray for people who are away from God. Okay. So if you're away from God, listen to me. God has a plan for your life. God likes you. He saw you before he formed you and he liked it. So he made it. If you don't come back to the original plan and the original intent of your life, make peace with God. If you don't do that, who's going to do those good things that were pre-planned for you to do? We need you. I need you in this church. Your brothers and sisters need you in this church. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you enjoyed it, please check out our other episodes. If you would like to connect with Eternity Church, be sure to go to myeternity.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at myeternitychurch. We'll see you next week. Love you heaps.